Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Heyman Rushdie on the line. Heyman, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing well, Michael. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Oh, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. You do some amazing work in the e-commerce and marketing and branding and online and everything department. Uh, why don't you share a little bit about you and we'll dive into the conversation. Sure. Um, so I'm the founder and CEO of Digicom. We are a growth marketing agency. Uh, our goal is to help uh, D2C and e-commerce businesses grow. And we've been doing just that for uh, quite a number of years. Yeah, it's quite a few years. And as we were talking about a bit in the pre-show, you've seen a lot over you know the last decade and a half in in this space. And the last three years, I'm guessing, may you know for many of us feels like a decade in itself uh, because of all the changes and things that are thrown at us. And from one, okay, there's this virus going around killing people to oh wait a minute, supply chain, you know, all kinds of things. So, what are some of the things that you know, you and your clients have been encountering over these last few years when it comes to the e-commerce space. And well, the only thing that's constant is change, apparently. So what are some of the things you've been seeing? So I would definitely agree with uh, change being a constant, especially in uh, digital advertising. There are things changing every day and, you know, just have to be um, up to speed in, uh, in all things uh, digital. But, um, you know, want to just, I guess, start off by saying like, the pandemic for a lot of e-commerce brands really catapulted them. Um, so, you know, every, uh, in the pre-show, we were talking about it, but um, basically um, the country closed down, everybody went home, um, and then people just started to order online, buy things online. So it became much more important for brands to be online. And so uh, from a lot of companies' uh, points of views, what they ended up doing was ordering less inventory, right? Because they weren't sure what's going to happen. The world was coming to a standstill. And so now these brands start seeing these massive spikes in sales, um, but they don't have econ- uh, they don't have fulfillment, right? So inventory isn't there. Um, there's uh, postings everywhere, like six to eight week shipping instead of two to three days. Uh, shipping costs skyrocketed. So um, cost of goods went up and, you know, e-commerce companies still came, you know, out ahead. Um, there were a lot of acquisitions that happened uh, from 2020, 2021 uh, into 2022. Um, and then, uh, I, you know, uh, we kind of hit a big roadblock with iOS, right? So um, Apple made this massive change. And essentially that change is just loss in tracking. And so I guess uh, if you're an e-commerce brand and, um, you know, this is an arbitrary example, but say you're spending $100 a day and you're getting 10 transactions a day. So your cost per transaction is $10 and Facebook is driving all of this. You're seeing all of this occur in the Facebook platform. What ends up happening is iOS hits and um, uh, gets implemented and now Facebook is no longer showing you you have 10 conversions a day. It's showing you have five conversions a day. And so all marketers everywhere, they're like scratching their heads like, oh man, my 
acquisition costs doubled, right? We went from 10 bucks to $20. And in the, in, uh, in the grand scheme of things, what was actually happening is if you looked at your backend orders, you were still shipping 10 products a day. You just weren't seeing it on the Facebook platform. So a lot of e-commerce companies went in, pulled back their budgets and, you know, a kind of big workaround that we've worked on at Digicom, we put together a bunch of case studies is to understand what your total business efficiency is. So all channels combined and how that impacts your uh, overall efficiency, whether it's a CAC target or it's a ROAS target, what the revenue is, and then what the platforms are saying, and then adjust. Um, so if your new normal uh, on Facebook is 20 bucks, then work to the $20 target. And as long as your backend is working, you know, you can keep scaling. A lot of, uh, a lot of e-com businesses just pull back budget. And then they, I call this, uh, the traffic conundrum. Uh, all of a sudden traffic dips to the site and it's like, what do we do? How do we get around this? And, you know, uh, I think for a lot of business owners out there that are still struggling with this, it's if you can calculate uh, a divergence, if you're running, uh, pre, pre iOS between Facebook and your backend, and then look at what's going on right now and understand and adjust your CPA target, you can continue scaling your business. We've done it with a, a bunch of different clients, um, which has been great. And then I think right now, you know, in 2023 and end of 2022, we're seeing a lot of uh, venture funding kind of dry up. And so this is also like another alarming cause for a lot of startups because they're not running profitably. It's, you know, we're going from a grow at all costs model to, hey, let's figure out how to become profitable. Um, and what a lot of brands can focus on in terms of turning that profit is offline channels, super important, you know, like paid social ensuring you have blog content up. There are other ways to get traffic to your site, but also in uh, testing out landing pages, testing out new creatives, running influencer. There are a lot of different unlocks. It's just testing through and finding what works for your brand. I think that's what's really important. I love the work that your team does, especially around, well, we'll pick on the iOS thing for a minute. And all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, our, our cost per acquisition is doubled. And in reality, it didn't. It was just because the information you were getting had changed where it was only reporting something, you know, not as clean as it used to be. So it's always good to look at different pieces of evidence to figure out, okay, what's the reality of what's going on right now? And the tragedy in all of this, and you'd mentioned it, is a lot of people ended up pulling back their their ad spend, you know, off of Facebook or other mechanisms. And what happens is that means that there are not as many eyeballs seeing their product, which naturally is going to decrease sales. So it, they, they reacted to something that may have not actually been the reality of situation, and they ended up you know, hurting themselves in the long run, which, of course, has a big ripple impact. And I, I, I feel horrible for those organizations. I remember when, when Apple did that. It was you know similar to you know, a few years ago before the pandemic when Facebook changed some things and some businesses that were completely ran via Facebook yeah. you know, basically closed up shop because there's like, uh, we're, we're dead in the water. We have zero sales. Different example, but they literally had zero sales. They were selling yeah. like crazy and all of a sudden done. And for me, that is one of those stark reminders that 
when you have a product or service and you're using a particular platform or a particular tool in order to generate your business and your revenue, and for some reason that tool goes away or a tool changes and you can't use it anymore, that's a singular point of failure. And as a business owner, marketing company, or anything like that, you have to look at it and go, okay, if we couldn't use Facebook anymore starting tomorrow, what would we do? And I sure. think that's a conversation that everybody needs to have. Uh, is like, or Google, for example, or iOS, or okay, we're on TikTok all the time. Okay, TikTok gets banned for some reason. Okay, well, now all of a sudden that's gone. Okay, what do we do? And it, I think those are unfortunately some conversations that people have had to have because of you know, things that you've mentioned. Yeah. And, you know, I think uh, for like all the founders and entrepreneurs out there, it's very important to spend a portion of your budget, whether it's time or money, trying new ideas, um, new things, testing, um, setting up goals, having actionable next steps, having uh, KPIs to understand if something is viable or not. It's it's important. Um and what that allows businesses to do, right? Say you're on Facebook and you spend 10% of your budget on Google and you find some unlocks and you're able to scale there. It changes the pie in how your revenue is created. Um, and you become less dependent on one platform or one specific strategy. And in addition to that, you continue learning new things, right? Like uh, entrepreneurs are out there being decision makers because that's what they're good at. They're, you know, good at solving these puzzles or figuring things out or creating awesome products. So it's important to continue to learn about how you can push uh, your business uh, into new directions. And again, it could be 5% of your time or 5% of your budget. Um, typically, a lot of our clients, we spend about 15 to 20% of the budget testing. Um, so when I say testing, what do I mean? Um, that could mean testing a new platform. So running on Twitter, it could be running on TikTok, Quora. There are all these other platforms or testing new creatives. Um, does video work better than static? Uh, is it UGC or influencer? Uh, and then there are other, you know, even smaller optimization tests like settings you could do in these platforms. And if you kind of take this approach, you could apply it um, at a larger scale across a business, right? What am I doing for business development? What am I doing... Uh, to uh, bring down my cost of goods. Instead of spending 100% of my budget for cost of goods with this one manufacturer, can I spend 10% in another manufacturer, do it for cheaper? There's, you know, there's a lot of different uh, attributes you can test in a business. And if you're doing you know, consistent tests on a small scale, um, you can find new unlocks and then eventually scale that up and either save a lot of costs or increase revenue and net net, you know, you can end up in a better place. Now, the downside of testing is not all your tests are going to work. And that's just part of it. It's part of learning. And that's what's important is, you know, we've heard the phrase, sometimes you win, sometimes you'll learn. Failure is, and I've seen this time and time again, I've seen all kinds of different leadership experts and gurus, you know, say something similar to this. It's in the failures where we learn. When we're successful, like, yay, we're celebrating, popping the champagne, you know, buying the new car, whatever. But when we fail, that is the opportunity. Okay, why? Why did we fail? What what wasn't right on that that didn't, it was at the wrong timing, wrong market, 
did we approach the messaging wrong? You know, if for those that use, you know, funnels, was the lead magnet wrong? Was the messaging wrong? You know, you look at it and go, okay, why didn't this work? But approach it, you know, and this is something that I do, and a lot of people I know do this as well, is when we have something and it doesn't work, you know, we approach it from curiosity going, okay, why didn't that work? You know, yep. you, you, you have to kind of separate the emotions, which is very hard because we are emotional creatures. And to, you know, have something and we put, you know, 10 or 20% into it and it didn't work, yeah, our emotions are naturally going to go, you know, or crying or, you know, you know, drowning our sorrows, whatever. Well, once you get past that pity party, then it's like, okay, let's look at this and go, okay, why, why didn't it work? Could have been something really simple. Could have been yeah. a little tweak. And next thing you know, so you, you say, okay, we're going to do it again, but we're going to tweak this. The next thing you know, you have a seven figure launch and you go, wow. You know, it's like, wow, how did that work? It's like, well, you, you, you looked at it from, you know, a, a perspective. Okay. Let's, let's, let's research, let's play. And I, I, that's one of those things where a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to test. It's like, but that's that's when you find the new things. If if people didn't do that, and we think about this, all the products and services that we use without thinking about it today would not exist. Yep. We, we wouldn't have Zoom. We wouldn't have had this camera. We wouldn't have you know this necessarily this headset, screens so we can touch glass and they respond and they do things. And all of this stuff were ideas. And let's try this. Let's test this out. We all know the first version of a smartphone with the glasses and all that stuff did not work well. We, we know that in those labs, it wasn't responding. It was freezing or the glass was cracking or who knows what. All of that you know, was you know complicated but then they worked it out they figured it out and they launched it and now unless you drop the thing you know you're pretty safe to use it but again it's one of those things where i think we really need people to take the time and and test and do things that i know sometimes that might be challenging especially you know now with you know what you mentioned a moment ago about the venture capital funding and the angel funding is kind of tightening up right now because of inflationary situations, recessions, all, you know, it's a ripple effect. When people stop spending money on things, that's less money for people that receive the money to invest it in other things. So we yeah. kind of cause our own problems. Um, if you, if you look at it from a, a dynamic that way. So for those organizations that again have been relying on VC funds or angel funding or investing from others to grow. And all of a sudden that's not available. This is one of those things where it's a good way for you to go, okay, how do we grow the business without that funding? And that's when you got to get really creative. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, just uh, like talking specifically uh, to that, it's, there should be specific business metrics that, uh, uh, these e-com D2C platforms or subscription-based, you know, in-store um, businesses should be looking at, right? So they should be looking at retention or reorder or um, how do we improve conversion rate? So, you know, if a uh, hundred people hit your site, one person trans uh, transacts, you have a 1% conversion rate. How do we take that to two? How do we take that to three? Um, and so when you start to see money get pulled back, it's about increasing uh, efficiencies in the other levers, right? With the other levers you have. So conversion rate, improving click-through rate, diving into your data, or even under like having like a full understanding of like, these are the KPIs we're currently running at. This is our 
buying costs, if buying costs go up 20% at the end of the year or 30% at the end of the year, how do we support that higher buying cost? Um, you know, is it increasing price? Is it launching a new product? Uh, so all of these things are, are, are very important, but, you know, specifically for like us at Digicom, we're breaking down the funnel metrics. So what, what does that mean? What is our media buying cost, whether it's CPM or CPC? What is our click through rate? What is our conversion rate? Um, and how do we improve it? If conversion rate is dropping for some reason, how do we design new landing pages? We do that in-house. What recommendations can we give to our clients about their flow to checkout, right? Um, so you add to cart. Does add to cart work properly? Is there an upsell in there? Um, you know, can you bump that AOV up? Uh, and if you're able to, does conversion rate stay constant? If yes, then you're going to make more money. Um, uh, inversely, uh, are people clicking on your ads? Like your buying costs just went up, right? You went from like $2 a click to $3 a click. How do you offset that? So, um, uh, you know, a, a nice way to like kind of do that is test video, test static, long form versus short form. What headlines are working? What copy is working? And then when you pull that data, why do you think it's working? What does the consumer care about? You know, and as you have that information, you can put a plan together of like, hey, this benefit messaging is working better than intrigue, you know, messaging. And so like, how do we iterate on benefit messaging and what benefits do people care about? Um, start talking about that. And over time, you can, uh, you can increase your, your, your conversion rate, your click through rates to become more efficient and get to that road of, uh, pro uh profitability. Yeah. And I think one, problem that many entrepreneurs suffer from and i um, been guilty of it as well is we think what we want is what our customers want and that's not typically the case our customers pain points are different than ours you know we want to say okay we have a product to solve this problem but we need to make sure that we know in fact is that actually a problem that people are facing right now? And I think during the pandemic, we saw that where there was a lot of new problems that came about and content marketers and you know, organizations like yours were in tune with, okay, what, what's the temperature out there? What do people need? And you know, clients that I've worked with, I always told them, especially when they're trying to figure out, do we work remote or in-person or hybrid? It's like work whatever makes the most sense, but don't forget to ask your customers what they need. Because yep. a lot of times people were like, we're going to do this and this. Like, how does that impact the customer? If it has zero impact, okay. If it has negative impact, you're going to want to watch it. If it has positive impact, okay, then why didn't you do that before? But yep. figure all of those things out. But I think one of the things that, and you know, we talked about this again in the, in the pre-show, I should have clicked record when we first jumped on. That would have been good. <laughs> Sorry, folks. It was good. We enjoyed it. But but you know, we'd mentioned with all of this stuff going on and the, the ever-changing, how do we get our messaging right? How, what's our lead magnet look like? What's, you know, that first page? Is it, you know, a problem-solving issue? Is it, you know, intrigue? Is it emotion? All these things. It's easy for people that work in the space and entrepreneurs as well uh, to potentially start flirting with burnout, which is something we don't want to see. It's not fun. I've had it. I wouldn't recommend it. It's, you know, I, I give it zero stars if I could click zero, but there's usually one to five stars on things. Okay. I'll give it a half star. Okay. Cause that's the lowest I can probably give it. You don't want to burn out, but I'm guessing a lot of people in this space 
unfortunately have been because there's that we need something to convert because we need the revenue increase to flow so we can keep the doors open or we can minimize the opportunity of having to lay people off. All these challenges that come up all the time, but right now that seems to be a, a common concern for a lot of people. So, you know, what's some of the experiences you've seen with with people and you know, your clients and all of that, and and what what are some tips that you would suggest to, to help people kind of avoid burning out and doing this type of work? Sure. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, talking about burnout, especially in digital is, uh, very important because, um, you know, as, as a digital marketer and I've, you know, been doing this for, for a few years now, it's, you're always connected online. Our clients text us, they slack us. Um, we're in their meetings. So we're always constantly connected. Right. And, um, I guess a couple things that it's important to like set boundaries for yourself. Um, so like with our team internally, uh, you know, uh, certain steps we take, it's like, we're doing, we're doing weekly check-ins. We're making sure people go on vacation. Um, it like, you know, if, if we think of, if I, if I know four team members went on vacation this year and the other two members on the team haven't gone on vacation, it's like, Hey, take time off. Like, you know, talk to your team. Uh, everybody comes back better and happier. Uh, there are other things you could do, like something I like to do, um, you know, once a month, it's, uh, we do state of the business. So we go over the business, everything, super transparent financials, all of that. Everybody knows exactly where we are, um, expenses, revenue, where their increases, if their decreases, what's going on. Um, but after those, we go out to dinners, we go go-karting, we go bowling, you know, we hang out, we talk to each other and it's important to ensure that your team comes first, because if your team doesn't come first, you're not going to service your clients. Well, your clients aren't going to be happy. Performance isn't going to be there. So it's like a people first approach and an education based approach and ensuring, you know, people are doing good. Um, and if they're not, well, why not just understanding, Hey, is, uh, you know, maybe you don't need to know all the specifics, but like, Hey, something's going on at home. Okay. Well, you know what? Take a couple of days, rest up, uh, you know, uh, sometimes there are big projects happening for a lot of uh, different business owners. Uh, and sometimes it's hard to kind of fill that gap if, you know, something is happening. But maybe it's like, hey, after this project, which will be done next week, take a couple of days or go for walks, you know, uh, talking to them about like routine at home. Uh, it's very important to ensure that you know, your your team's happy. It's important and happy. Happy employees are productive employees and productive employees have happy homes. It's, uh, I saw a quote actually yesterday from Jeff Bezos. We all know who he is. Uh, he, he, he launched this e-commerce company a few years ago. They sold books and then they decided to sell everything else. <laughs> um, but he, you know, he had a comment and, I, and I'm in alignment with this. He, he doesn't like the phrase work-life balance because he said that's causing harm. He said, it's, it's like you're trying to divide yourself into two different people. So you're, yeah. you're one. You're one person. He he describes it as more of a, a circle, kind of a, a thing that kind of goes around. And it's like, if I'm happy at home, then when I go to work, I'm energized and productive and I'm creative. I'm doing all these things. And if I'm able to do that in my space and I'm having a good day at work, then guess what? I get home, I'm happy and I'm a, a better, you know, spouse or partner or better father or parent or, you know, or mother, whatever the case may be. And it's like it it, it flows. And 
where people sometimes, and we all, I think we all want this and wish this, but it, it would be a boring world if we did. It, we sometimes want to compartmentalize things and we want things. It's going to be this way. It's going to take me 17.5 minutes to do this and 10 minutes to do this. And they, we, we OCD the heck out of it. And it's like, that's not how humans are. We evolve. There's, there's things that just kind of flow and it's, yeah. it, it's like going down a river. It's like, okay, I know down the river, I'm going to be able to collect all the things I need to do to build whatever I need to build, but I'm going to be in the river while I'm doing it. And it's going to flow and it's going to go over to the left. It's going to go over the right and and all of that. But what happens is if you are in tune with that and you understand yourself and you can navigate through the flows of challenges, tech not working, um, client not responding, this doesn't work. They send you, we want this lead magnet. And you look at this, it's like, this wouldn't sell to their own mother. Okay. There's no way we can do it. How do we present that to the client in a, a nice positive way? It's like, no one will ever buy that. Uh, and, and because you just know it won't sell. Uh, but it, all these challenges and things like that, you know, it, it just makes life, uh, it makes it challenging, but also makes it enjoyable and, and creative. And I think that's where people that burn out is they, they lose track of that. And they're just trying to, okay, I got to get this done. And it's like, well, why do you want to get it done? Why is it important? What, what, do you, what are you enjoying about this? Find the joy back into the creativity of work and the things that we do. And I find people when they're in that type of zone, they don't tend to burn out. Yes, there's stress, but they navigate it a lot easier. And you know, I love the fact that you recognize that with your team. It's like, okay, I'll take a couple of days and get literally get away, which in the work that you do, especially in this constantly connected world that we're in, that's easier said than done. It's tough to put down our eye binky. It really is. It's yeah. a great device, but it's like a couple of days away. You just step away from it. Don't worry. The work will be there. Yeah, we'll 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 do it, and you'll come back with a fresher. And oftentimes, you see things clearly. And all of a sudden, if there was a challenge or a problem, it's like somebody took a yellow highlighter and just highlighted the heck out of it. It's like, oh, there it is. And yep. but you you didn't see it two days ago because you were just in a fog. It's like, oh, there it is. Yeah, uh, I mean, I can't say it any better myself. I, I think you you know absolutely nailed it. It's. Uh, a couple minutes, a couple days, just time to yourself to just reflect or literally do nothing sometimes, you know, moves mountains in terms of like what you're, what you're trying to do. Yep. So in closing, where do you see things going over the next few years? I don't, I don't want to say a five-year plan because five years ago does not look anything like it does today. It's, <laughs> it's more like five minutes anymore. But uh, where, what are some initiatives you see coming forward? I, I know video is still seems to be pretty good, but um, you know, where do you see things going in the next few years? Sure. Uh, I see you know a lot more video-based content um, going live every day all across. Uh, doesn't mean statics don't work, and you you know for your respective brand you have to test. But uh, tapping into influencer, tapping into sponsored content, it's very very important and something that uh, you know we want to do at Digicommon. We've kind of spec things out um, this week is to just build our own proprietary technology where. Uh, brands don't get charged an arm and a leg to just go find content creators very easily and work directly with them. So, um, you know, that's where I see kind of the market moving at, you know, right now. And for us, we, we want to, we are marketers. So we want to build a tool for marketers. Um, 
that's cost effective. There's high value in it. And, um, and so that's where we're investing our time right now outside of the day to day of, you know, managing, uh, ad spend programs and, uh, looking at creatives and conversion rate. Yep. That's great. It's exciting times for sure. So love this conversation. Where can people find out more about you, Digicom and everything else you're working on? Sure. Uh, please come check out digicom.io. Uh, we are a no BS growth marketing agency. We really try to go above and beyond for our partners. Uh, you know, well, whether it's like auditing what's happened in the past and coming back to you with a plan or, um, figuring out creative ways to, you know, solve certain challenges you might be running into for the business when that's specifically to like, you know, marketing. So, um, yeah, come check us out. I'll definitely have all that in the show notes. So again, thank you so much for your time today. Love the work you're doing. So continued success because it's making all of us look a whole lot better. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.